Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's Star Wars Resistance recap, where we are talking all about the episode Rendezvous Point. This episode was released on November 24th. It was directed by Bosco Ng, written by Jennifer Corbett, and the story consultant was once again Stephen Melching. Oh, this was such a good episode. I'm really excited to talk about it because it was like really refreshing. It was really good. I was like, yes, this is this is resistance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I, and not that the other ones weren't, but this like really, I don't know. It, it, refreshing is the word that I used before and I'll use it again because it was really refreshing. It felt like, oh, my God, you know, we, we're so lucky. We're like so blessed right now. We live in a time where on Friday we get the Mandalorian and on Sunday we get uh Star Wars Resistance, and they're both equally amazing. Like, they're both so good. And I was reminded of that today with this episode. Yeah, it's it's refreshing because, like, last week, last week was such a good episode, but we talked about this in our episode because we were like, you know, it, it makes us think so much about the Jedi and the Sith, but we're not spending as much time talking about the actual Resistance characters. <laughs> and then we have just had a lot of kind of, like, similar setups in the past few episodes, too, as far as, like, supply getting for the Colossus. So this one was just, it was a new thing that we were doing and focusing on. And so I think that's what made it kind of stand out so much. And it it is meaningful for our characters in the story too. So I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Yeah. So if this is your first time listening, this is kind of how we do our resistance recaps. In part one, we talk about our highs and lows for the episode. And in part two, we talk about the story. And in part three, we talk about the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Okay, welcome to part one, where we are talking all about our highs and lows. And I think I went first last week, so I think it is your turn to go first with your first high. Okay, so my first high was the return of Tam. It's been so many episodes, I think four, right? Four. so long. Like, too long Mm -hmm. since we had Tam on our screen. Her conflict is, to me, perhaps the most interesting thing about about Resistance right now and having her returned. And they really kind of drilled that conflict home in this episode. And I was so happy to see her. And I was happy to see her feeling conflicted. Like, at the end, I really did think that she was going to leave. And I love that. Love that feeling. So that was so good. Yeah, that was my first high as well. It was so good to have Tam back on our screens. I was like, yes, Tamara. <laughs> Tamara, you're not we, a number. What have you been doing? I know when she said that her name was DT533, I was like, oh, God, heartbreak. Um, I love how I love how she took the initiative to go to uh, Tora's mother's cell and ask, you know, do you know? Do I know you? Have we met before? It just shows that she's still ha- – like that individuality hasn't been drilled out of her because other people who are in the First Order wouldn't have done that. And I don't know. I thought it was a good moment. I did like how she was kind of tracking. And at some point, she you could see her being persuaded by Tora's mom, whose name is Vanessa. Uh, Vanessa Doza. You could see Tora uh, – see Tam being persuaded by Vanessa. And then in others, she was still – very stoutly with the First Order. So I I liked seeing that conflict kind of firsthand with her being confronted with Tora's mother, someone who she knows Tora cares about. Uh, It was was really good. 
So good. So good. So my second high was Vanessa Doza, the mom being introduced. I really liked the almost mystery and the constant guessing about who she was. Did you know immediately that it was Tora's mom? As soon as I heard her talk, I guess, because they do have similar accents. So I was like, "Uh, this feels – and it was like Doza brought us here. Tora was kind of cryptic in the beginning. I was like, this is probably her mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I felt that way. But I liked that as an audience member, I was guessing who she was and why they were here and what relation she did have to these people. And I liked that it was her mom because, you know, so often we don't see mothers in Star Wars. And I thought that the, her character was just really unique, you know, someone who is fighting for the resistance and this whole idea of like one parent on the resistance and then one parent who has a like imperial past. Like, oh, my God, it was so good. I need the fanfic. Give me the fanfic. Right. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. Where's my Vanessa Emanuel fanfic and story? Where's that show? <laughs> I know, right? I was like, wow, suddenly this is the most intriguing part of resistance. <laughs> I was very into it. It's like, oh, Emmanuel, that's your name, which I've yeah, never heard it, his you know, name before. No, we haven't. But and I thought that was like a very tender, kind of intimate moment mm-hmm. that you heard his first name, and it really makes me think about a lot of things, which I'm sure we'll we'll dive into. But like, it's surprising that he still has his uniform despite defecting. Yep. So much, so. so many interesting things there yeah. in particular. Yeah, Tora's mom. I loved how straightforward she was. Uh, she just had this great sense of humor. You could see so much of Tora in her, and I I enjoyed her a lot. She really was one of my highs, too, but I figured we both couldn't have the same two highs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my second high was Torch, the droid. I think he's one of my new favorite droids. I loved him. I loved his design that he was like a see-through droid. I thought it was so clever. It reminded me, you know how we used to have those phones that you could see all the stuff inside? (laughs) That was the big thing. I feel like when we were growing up, it was to have a see-through phone in your room, in your bedroom. (laughs) I had one. It was purple and wireless. I felt like the coolest kid. Yeah, I was always jealous of that. Not of you, because I didn't know you had that when you were younger, but I was always jealous of people who had that. I never had it, and I really always wanted to win it from, like, selling popcorn and wrapping paper. Oh, my God. <laughs> but couldn't. Anyway. Yeah. I really liked Torch, too. I think we've seen this design. I could be completely off base with this, but I think we've seen this design in Galaxy's Edge in that, like, droid area. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I liked that he was rusty, kind of old, and that he was, like, playing dead. So Loved funny. that. So good. And I I don't know. I liked the craftiness between them. And I like how uh, Vanessa and Torch were like, oh, yeah, like we did that thing on X Planet. Oh, that one time when we escaped this. I was like, oh, this is cute. <laughs> Tor- Torch was just so funny and the fact that he did often have more than one flame going (laughs) (laughs) and you could he had you know scorch marks on uh the outside of him and i love to just planting all of these detonators on the ties and i think it's tyranny at one point he's like or no it's one of the stormtroopers who's like we have an incendiary incident in the like in the head (laughs) (laughs) it's like just say fire (laughs) <laughs> it, was, so good. it was just so formal and dramatic and the way that he like flies out with the tie fighter like the 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 distraction and then he blows all the other ones 
I don't know. I just really loved him. I think that he will get along great with CB if they ever interact. Uh, he and Chopper, I feel like, would be really good friends, too. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen some people say that online, and I was like, yeah, I think they're one and the same. <laughs> they are. They're from the same mold, as it were. Uh, yeah, Torch was hilarious. I really enjoyed his presence. And the way that he, like, shocked Tam, too, I thought was really funny. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he was like, I don't trust anyone here. <laughs> <laughs> so my, I don't have a low. Sorry, not sorry. It was just a really good episode for me. <laughs> It was a really good episode. I did have a low. Milo was the beginning. I don't think there was I don't think there was good tension in the action sequence in the beginning. I wasn't I don't know. It just like I didn't feel stressed or anxious about what was happening because I'd read the episode description that says, you know, Joe's is after a resistance fighter who ends up captured by the First Order. And I kept expecting that to happen like in the middle of this dogfight or even at, at first I almost thought that this that like this was the end of the episode and we were going to get like a two hours earlier, all of these things happen. And the dogfight was actually them trying to rescue the resistance fighter from the first order. And that's what we were seeing at the beginning, if that makes sense. I don't know. I just didn't feel the tension in this scene. I thought it was a missed opportunity to not have Tam out there as well. And to like further that kind of conflict. So it wasn't really there for me. And so I wasn't sure where we were going, but the rest of the episode was great and totally picked up and I loved every second of it. Yeah, I actually agree with this criticism. I don't necessarily think it's my low, but when the episode opened and maybe because it was just this morning, I was like, where are we? Mm-hmm. I, what is happening here? I, I don't I think that Star Wars often does this whole thing about and I think this is like extremely Star Wars about dropping you in the middle of something and you just having to figure it out. But I still was like really kind of confused after last episode where we were in the timeline and everything. And also um, this is, this kind of bears bringing up and maybe we'll bring it up here, but we are officially post the last Jedi given the guide that came out last week, last week, but we recorded before the buckets list guide came out on starwars.com. And we were kind of talking about whether Supreme leader referred to Snoke or Kylo And it referred to Kylo, and so that means we're after The Last Jedi, which is really surprising. So here we have, I think, the First Order kind of amassing even more of an army and being, I don't know, still like firing off at at the Colossus. I I just think that that needs repeating, and I think that that kind of even speaks to my a little bit of a confusion in the beginning of this episode of like, where are we? I want like a sense of time and place and like why we're here. Yeah, it wasn't – and I think because that I didn't feel – for me, this hasn't been the best action sequence that we've seen in Resistance. So I think if there had been a little bit more – like if I was a little bit more worried about Kaz or Tora or Hype in their – like fighter in their X-Wings and stuff like that, I think I would have been okay with not knowing. But because they seemed relatively calm <laughs> in the beginning, I, it allowed me to think more of like, okay, where are we? Who are we? How, are we rescuing now? Do we need to rescue? Like like you said, like where are we in the timeline? So that was that was my low. And like I said, once we got back on the Colossus though, I was like, yes. And everything kind <laughs> we're of here. Yeah, we're here. Everything kind of clicked into place. So overall, this episode is one of the standouts so far of the season for me, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about the story. Listen, big deal. 
You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Okay, so welcome to part two where we're going to be talking about the story. So we always open with this question, and Caitlin, you're going to get to answer it, (laughs) as as you always do. (laughs) What's the state of the resistance and the Colossus at this point? Um, I guess the resistance lets its pilots go on breaks. They get vacation, which is something that I think has been confirmed in a couple different places. It's like Leia never makes you stay kind of thing. Um, And you're allowed to come and go as you please. It's kind of how it sounds. So we didn't really get a whole lot of information on the resistance itself. It's just kind of confirming some more of what we already know about them. Um, The Colossus, I forget who says it, but they're in the Outer Rim, I think. And part of that was to evade the First Order, but because – Doza sent out a communique to Vanessa, Vanessa. It uh, that's how the first order tracked them there. So that's yeah. He, he like opened up the big communication. Yeah, I mean it's 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 similar to what Kaz did in the with Tam's communique with her comlink. So I guess that's the state of them. And I suppose the state of the First Order, you know, obviously they're still hunting the Colossus tyranny ship anyway. But after we got that confirmation that Supreme Leader refers to Kylo, I imagine that there's, I don't know, probably some chaos on some level within the First (laughs) Order dealing with the death of Supreme Leader Snoke. Do they have a funeral, like a... No. Like a mass funeral for him where they send out his pieces into space? You know, I don't know. (laughs) So one of the things that I think is kind of interesting in regards to the communication is that Doza is the one that opens it up. And I guess this is kind of also a frustration with this season is that the first couple episodes made such a big deal out of Kaz using the con links to contact Tam. And that really seemed like it was going to be a thing. And then it's just kind of been dropped. Like Doza and Yeager, I don't think, have ever found out that it was Kaz who basically alerted the First Order to where they were in the first episode, which multiple people told Kaz was a really bad idea. And he still did it anyway. And he said, again, that he like still had hope in Tam, which kind of made you think that he was going to try and contact Tam again. But it doesn't look like he has. But then we have Doza basically doing the same thing here. And we talked about how with Kaz, you know, it's a really big deal because Kaz is putting the entire Colossus at risk when he tries to contact Tam and how that was a really big problem. But Doza does it too. And like... That's not a problem. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm kind of confused about – I thought that storyline was so fascinating and the chance to have that communication between Tam and Kaz and kind of see it grow or uh, fall apart and continue to fall apart or grow throughout the season, I was really intrigued by and it hasn't been picked up. But then we see Doza doing the same thing here and it's not – like no one's like, Doza, why did you do that? Like it's not – like, this is just a birthday present for Torah. Was that worth possibly losing all the aces? You know, I just, I'm not really sure how I feel about that, to be honest. I think you're supposed to be a little concerned and conflicted about it because you see all the aces actually being conflicted about it and questioning Doza as a leader. And you have Torah who's like, you guys don't even know how much he puts on his on the line for the Colossus and like how lucky you are and all these things. And when she kind of explodes and kind of walks out in like a harumph, which I think was really kind of animated kind of cutely. She was so slouch. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think that 
I think that it's like valid on both sides because like what you brought up is like, okay, here's Doza like opening up and putting the classes at risk, but at what cost? And clearly it was about to be a great cost. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And you're right, the the ace pilots were really frustrated by it. But again, it's like, what is Dosa doing? He's just in the bridge. <laughs> yeah, okay, so then I just have to think that if the show, I don't know, if I was hopeful about anything, I I think it's interesting that Tora's mom is part of the resistance. And we have a character like Kaz and Yeager who are also connected to the resistance. So here they have some sort of connection to the resistance that like, Will her mom come into the, into play again? I kind of think so because I just think it's super interesting and automatically like a really cool thing that has been introduced to the show. But here we have a connection to the resistance again, like an open communication with with the resistance, even though it didn't really work out. It's kind of a little bit of like a sliding doors situation. Mm-hmm. I think that it's interesting though that there there is like people on the bridge of the Colossus each have a relationship with the resistance, whether it's, you know, Kaz and his spy spying and not being able to catch up to the resistance. And I think this is just kind of goes into the theme of not being able to catch the resistance at all, even though they want to be involved and want to help. And nothing is really working out, even if they're fighting, even if they're in the same place, even, you know, all these different things, right? Yeah, exactly. And it just makes you question... Has Kaz <laughs> even been trying to contact the Resistance since they've been doing these supply runs? I don't know. We haven't really been seeing that. And I wonder if Vanessa will go back to the Colossus, if they'll figure out that communication again and she'll go back. And then I actually think that would be a really funny conversation between Kaz and Vanessa talking about the Resistance. And I, I guarantee that Vanessa knows who Kaz is. <laughs> And knows that he's a part of the resistance. (laughs) And he'll be like, that's not fair. She'll be like, well, here's what it is. (laughs) I, yeah, I think that's really interesting. At the point in this season, I really have no idea how the show is going to end. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting because I think each episode is introducing all these new characters. And I'm just like, how's this going to end up? Like we had Mika Gray in the last one wasn't in this one. We had we have now uh, Tora's mom coming into the into play and introducing this interesting dichotomy between ex-imperial and rebel alliance slash resistance and i think that you i don't know this show just keeps introducing all these new characters you know (laughs) and i'm like okay so but how is this going to factor into the end because it all has to come back into play and i know that rebels did this quite a bit i was actually watching um i've started my rebels rewatch and it's very exciting now with disney plus you guys know i've been uh looking forward to this for a while and you know, there's always this, there's this one character who like never really came up again, Gal Travis. Oh, yeah. And it's like, <laughs> and I remember talking about that and our friend Ryan from the Force cast like always is like, where is Gal Travis? <laughs> like they made a whole big deal in the first like season and the second season about him. And like he had a really interesting plot line. He was like hacking the hollow net and all these things. And then he weird. never came up again. <laughs> And I just, I don't know, like watching that episode of Resistance, I was like, this is totally going to happen in, watching the episode of Rebels, I was like, this is totally going to happen in Resistance with some of these characters because it has to. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily like a bad thing or any 
like negative or positive or anything like that because that's life like people enter your life and and leave and all these things but narratively I have to assume that some of these people are going to have an impact on our main characters and I I don't know I think that maybe what we have is enough but I really don't know how it's all going to come together in the end and it and it's funny because I think that I felt so differently at this point in season one of resistance. I was like, I think that like maybe, and I guess it's because part of it is that we knew where we were going in at the end of resistance season one with the Force Awakens, but here we just don't because everything's up in the air. Because what is the rise of Skywalker? <laughs> and and I I don't know. I don't know. I have no. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I do think that like maybe sometimes. It's just enough to introduce this relationship with Tora and her mother and her mother and father and see how that kind of uh, affects the Colossus in a big way, even though it's a small relationship. Well, it's made speculating really hard. <laughs> because It has. Because like you said, it's like we don't know where this season is going and I don't even know where I could speculate that it's going at this point right now because we're almost nearing the halfway point of the season and – like where are we going? <laughs> where are we where are we physically going? And that and that I think has been our criticism of the season so far is just kind of like there's not enough talk about what they're actually trying to do in the long term. And every time they introduce a new character like Mika in last week's episode, we started spinning these whole theories about what she could tell um, Isla and Kel from Tehar or what she could do for Kaz as far as helping him talk about the Force more. And then here we are with Vanessa discussing how she could be talking to Kaz about the Resistance and she could bring communication from the Resistance. And like then that would lead us down a completely different different path and what does it mean that we had artifact hunting in here and you know them going to uh uh Flix's home world what does that mean now that they have this fuel or other people gonna you know like they and they've been good episodes but it's like okay what is the larger storyline here where are we actually physically taking the colossus like what's its point and like at the beginning of the season we wrote, we thought a lot about oh maybe Poe is going to try and get the get the Colossus to go and get supplies or find new allies or do something and now we're at what episode eight and have had no contact <laughs> with the Resistance um, or with Poe himself I don't know I just I it it is frustrating to a certain level but at the same time I've enjoyed the new characters we've met it's just making it kind of hard to think about understand the direction yeah because now like i said we're on episode eight and part two is our story and it's been like the shortest segment (laughs) in all of our recaps this season because it's like what's the say of the resistance i don't know (laughs) what's the say of the first order (laughs) also don't know (laughs) what's the say of the colossus still getting supplies (laughs) and yeah i think sorry go ahead i really i was just gonna say there have been like a, a million good moments in in those episodes um but like i said it is it is kind of confusing about where like what is the next step what is the bigger goal of this show and it does like we always say about these animated shows and these stories characters not acting as footnotes to the bigger story it makes me wonder like what they're kind of waiting for to come out in rise of skywalker to then be trickling down into the story or directly impacting the story in Resistance once Rise of Skywalker is out. And 
like it makes me wonder if we have almost these like one-off episodes in the first half of the season and then after Rise of Skywalker comes out then we're going to have this you know bigger overarching storyline throughout the rest of the series I don't really know I honestly have no idea because there have been little clues I felt I feel like in the episodes we've seen so far yeah like how is the resistance going to come into Star Wars Resistance? I think about, and this is mild spoilers for the novel Resistance Reborn, but I don't think I'm going to spoil anything that you might have not known if you just kind of knew about the existence of the book. But that book really is about like gathering forces and like help in order to fight in the battle that comes in The Rise of Skywalker, I assume. And the whole thing is, you know, good people will fight if we lead them, which is that line from the Rise of Skywalker trailer from Poe. And I wonder, like, I think that is going to play into the Colossus, like good people on the Colossus will fight if we if we lead them. And right now, feels like there's a lot of tension in the leadership, um, even though it doesn't really, you can look at the surface and think about uh, Captain Doza and Yeager and how they're like running the show and everything but everyone has secrets and we are dealing with Tam who left the Colossus and all these things like there's a lot of loose threads happening in the like our Colossus crew and until all those are resolved I think that's where we get to understanding how the Colossus can fully help the resistance and uh, like the Colossus wasn't really mentioned at all in that book. And it really makes me think. I'm like, <laughs> where are we going? And what's the big reason that we have to wait until potentially whatever happens in The Rise of Skywalker to see um, the Colossus's importance? Yeah, 10 for 10 agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the themes that were going on in this episode because I think there was so many good things that happened. I know we just kind of went on a tangent about the story and where we're going and everything, and I'm sure people are kind of sick of hearing us talk about that, and I apologize. But, okay, so a couple things that I just really loved about this episode is anytime Star Wars can reinforce that it's never too late to leave a bad situation or something that you feel uncomfortable with, Love that, even if like it's never too late, even if you are part of an organization or if you're deep within or if you change your name from Tam to uh, letters and numbers, you can always leave. It's not too late. So good. Yeah, it was really good. And 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 <laughs> yeah, very much for that theme. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, Vanessa even says so much. It's not too late. You can come back with me. And I thought it was great. One of the things I really liked about this episode in particular, watching Vanessa and Tam kind of move through the, what are they on, the Star Destroyer, and uh, how Tam is in prison, but at the end, Vanessa undoes her handcuffs. And, like, it is this moment of, you know, you're you're, you're my free. hostage, I'm your enemy, but I'm unlocking your handcuffs now. And because she knows that Tam either will come with her or won't turn her in. And I don't know. I thought that was a really nice detail. And it's just a reminder that no one can force you like in this bigger, you know, like kind of esoteric look at this theme, like no one can force you to go somewhere or to make a certain choice about what side you're going to be on. The choice has to be yours. And there is still room Mm -hmm. for Tam to return. Yep. That's like Leia's line in A New Hope. No one can choose it for him. No one can choose to leave for Tam. Like, she can't take Tam a hostage. That would be bad mm-hmm. if, if she, like, stuffed her in um, 
her X-Wing and is like, I'm taking you back to the Colossus, even though that feels like kind of a mom thing to do. It's so mom. It, <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't feel right for Tam's story. She has to make these choices herself. Mm-hmm. Get in the car. <laughs> We've all had that headset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So then I really like the, con- the comment about like people have to live with the mistakes that they've made um, when Vanessa was talking to Tam about Yeager and how Yeager probably really regrets, you know, uh, clo- like shutting Tam out and everything. And I just really like this emphasis on you can make these mistakes that are detrimental that, you know, cost people like sometimes like people's whole lives like Tam essentially. But it, it, it you know, living with the mistake is not as like part of your burden and you have to go through it and you can forgive people about like certain mistakes. Yeah, I think it brings such new light to the fact that Doza still has his imperial uniform. And this whole time we've been questioning why. And Mm -hmm. maybe it is serving as a reminder of what he overcame. I don't know. Maybe it's something deeper. But the fact that he defected because someone showed him a different path, showed him the truth and gave him a choice – And, you know, something good came out of it, you know, a marriage, his daughter Doza being on the Colossus, you know, this whole like list of things, but he still has this reminder of where he came from. And, you know, like I love Tam's conversation where she was like, yeah, but he was, he was an imperial, like he worked for the empire. And Vanessa was like, yeah, he did. And then he didn't. And, you know, there was a change. He made a different choice and so can you. And she didn't try to say, yeah, but he wasn't in charge of the empire. He was misled or he would lie to. It was very much like a, yeah, he was. This is a bad part of his past and a point in his life when he wasn't the best version of himself. And then he did make a change just like you can. And she like doesn't, she doesn't shame Tam for the choice that she made. She's not like, oh, I can't believe that you would do this. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? It's just like, can't you see that the First Order is lying to you? Like, they're telling you a tale. They're only in it for themselves and to get power. And that's not her chastising or condoning what Tam did. It's just her telling the truth. And, and like, she never, she never belittled Tam for the decision that she made. She just said, I hope, like, at the end, she was just like, I hope, basically, like, I hope to see you again <laughs> somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So good. And also, this episode brought up, you know, this whole idea of love on opposite sides of the war, which, so good. Love those lost, lost Stars vibes, those maybe Rise of Skywalker vibes. You just never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man, I, I just loved it. I Everything about this episode was like, yes. Everything makes sense. It's all one story. It's all like we're all here, you know, anticipating what's going to happen. And the whole redemption vibes are very clear. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. The the fact that they were together opposite sides of the war it was like, I think I may have seen this story before. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. somewhere. Maybe I'll be seeing it again. enemies to lovers who what (laughs) (laughs) i also just really appreciated getting a mom in star wars so rare never happens really feels like it never happens it doesn't though so (laughs) yeah it like it really doesn't like i think hera is probably the closest we've seen to like the the motherly role 
in in like a grand sense, you know, like we've seen everything that like four seasons of Hera, um, all that, you know. But I think that even still, this was kind of the first time we ever saw something like this. To my memory, at least. I mean, yeah, there are very few mothers that have a lot of screen time in Star Wars, even like Hera's family was with her father. Um, yeah. Like when we actually saw her, her blood family was focused on her father and um, we had Padme's mom, but that was kind of cut from Attack of the Clones, her dad too. But Very cut. Yeah. So this really is the first time and unfortunately we didn't get to see Vanessa and Tora together, but they talked about each other enough and it was adequately conveyed how much they care about each other. So I just think there's something about I, I don't know. It's so – it's very uh, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean-esque of, like, yeah. only visiting every year on one single day that I loved so much that, like, is the stuff that good stories are made of, of, like, this one special day where you're waiting for your mom to return. So you can have this one you – know, like, it's your birthday. It's the only day that you can see – your loved one. And I love stories like those because it's just, uh, I don't know. It's like kind of magical. Yeah. And I like to hear, and I, I, I want to read the fanfic of all the times that like uh, the past six years of meeting and like spending time with Tora on her birthday. Yeah. I love too, that it was Vanessa who left and it wasn't Doza Emmanuel. Because I feel like so often it's the mom stays with the child and that is just the way it usually is. (laughs) And it's so nice to see a change in that storyline and that it is the mom who made the sacrifice to separate herself from her family and go and do this thing that she felt so strongly for. And Doza is basically like not – obviously he's not a stay-at-home dad, but, (laughs) you know, he's the one that is in charge of kind of seeing Tora through the rest of her adolescence. And I just – I like seeing that change. Me too. Okay. So are we ready to move on to part three? Yes. Okay, welcome to part three where we are talking about the characters and we had a lot of really good character moments, but I think we have to start off with this part by saying happy birthday to Tora. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, birthdays in Star Wars always kind of throw me off because I feel, okay, this is the third time I've mentioned fanfic in this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, I do remember way back when, when we were, like, writing fanfic and all these things, like, was Star Wars ever referring to birthdays as such? Like, people always refer to it as, like, your, your life day, even though it wasn't life day. You know, all these things. And saying the word birthday has always kind of thrown me off ever since Ezra, like Ezra's birthday was announced in Rebels. Mm. And I always am like, oh, wow, that's so earthy. Like, I'm so glad that they have a birthday. Yeah. You still (laughs) think about people celebrating birthdays in Star Wars. Yeah. Especially when like certain, I I would assume at least, and I think this is canon, that like days are all different on all these different planets. So like, what's the calendar that binds? You know what I mean? (laughs) There's a standard. I know they have standards that go like for time and stuff, they'll be like standard clicks yeah. or distance or something like that. But again, I have no idea. I guess it's just like yeah. whatever the time is on the Colossus. 
yeah happy birthday Tora. oh my god that cake and jello mold Ooh, was like so ugly so gross. <laughs> i was like why are we celebrating this no, I was like, <laughs> if i saw that no i would... baked goods in space i know I was like, why did we put a gorg, like a living, living. breathing thing inside of Jell-O? <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I hate Jell-O and I was just like, that looks horrible. <laughs> it was so funny though. It was really sweet though. The whole like birthday party was just really nice. Um yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I have to say, I really hope that I never have to hear Doza say it's too dangerous again. <laughs> Whenever Tora wants to go do something, I swear he said that every episode. <laughs> and today when she was like, I'm going to go after mom, I literally quoted him as he was saying it going, you can't. It's too dangerous. <laughs> I said it out loud really in my like in my couch. <laughs> I was like, you can't. It's too dangerous. <laughs> I was like, stop it. Oh, Doza. my God. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but you're so right. He does say it all the time. All the time, and I'm just, I'm over it. <laughs> I wish we knew how old Tora was turning. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I wish, like, I wish Joseph would say something else, like you'll get yourself killed or something different, just like a little different. <laughs> <laughs> just switch it up, just, just here and there, <laughs> yeah. instead of it's too dangerous on a loop. <laughs> Like I mentioned before, though, I really enjoyed the moment of Tora being like, you have no idea what my dad sacrifices mm -hmm. for the Colossus and kind of standing up for her father and all these things. Because I think often it's something we picked up on in season one. I, I think often we kind of forget that she's an ace and she's an ace on her own merit. But then she's also like deeply connected to the head of the Colossus and the high tower and everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember that being a little bit of a, a piece of conflict that we were wondering if would come up later. And I did to a small degree here. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I appreciated that about her character, that she's willing to defend her family. And also she's willing to be like emotionally distraught for something that she wanted on her birthday. And it was kind of adorable that she didn't reveal it was her birthday. And I also think it's really funny that Nigu was like... Tora gets angry on this day every year. There's erratic behavior. I was like, wait, Niku, are you like monitoring Everyone? everyone's behavior for the past six years? <laughs> it's it's yeah, that was that was a little bit of a question mark moment of okay. <laughs> All right. Like I, I yeah, yeah, I accept it. It makes sense that Niku would do that. Yeah. But it was like okay. It was funny. funny. I almost wanted Kaz to ask what kind of data Niku has on him. <laughs> it's probably like frenetic. <laughs> frenetic. Erratic. Yeah. I, I enjoyed getting to see Tora like function with her family because you're right season one it was a lot of you know we kind of made the comparison that she was like a princess kind of locked in her tower you know like a rebellious teenager who wanted to get out more and see the world and that's a story we've seen play out in a lot of different variations and Tora definitely kind of fit into that mold but it was nice seeing her in this instance yes want to go and do her own thing but also you know, standing up for her family. It wasn't a total rejection of her father or just a letting the aces badmouth her dad or anything like that. And yeah, it was really personal because, you know, this is her birthday and this is the time she gets to see her mom. And I like that we got to see her outburst in the beginning, but then also see this like really calm moment where she finally does open up to Kaz. And it's like, it's not, it's not a, like it wasn't about them really. It was about the fact that this is the one day that I could always count on seeing my mom. And we could be a family. And like, that's what it's really about for her. 
adorable. I also really liked the moment at the end where uh, Tora walks in on her father reviewing an old hologram. It was just really adorable. And I like the idea that that's something that Doza doesn't keep from his daughter, that like he watches that hologram like whenever he feels sad and like it keeps him company. Mm-hmm. And I have to imagine that Tora does the same thing maybe with a hologram or a hologram of her own. And like, it wasn't like Doza was like rushing to turn that off, even though it was like a kind of a private moment between those two. I don't know. I I just really liked that. Yeah, it was really nice. We very rarely, like the whole thing with the mom having a mother in Star Wars, but being able to see a family unit more or less together, like a biological family unit is something that is actually quite rare in Star Wars. So it's it was nice to see that nice moment between them and how Tora had kind of come around. She wasn't angry anymore. She was kind of accepting that this is just how it went this year and it doesn't change that they're not a family anymore. And it's disappointing, yes, but at the end of the day, they're still a family and she's still proud of what her mother is doing. Yep. It was really good. Okay. So, Tam, we finally got so much Tam this episode and we've kind of been talking her, uh, talking about her throughout this episode so far, but this was still, it was just, I missed her so much. <laughs> I lo- loved seeing her and Rucklin together and the fact that Vanessa said that Rucklin was kind of dumb. <laughs> so good. I was like, man, the, the distrustful, almost distrustful relationship between Tam and Rucklin really does, uh, kind of mirror what the relationship was like between Tam and Kaz before and how you can really see that like Rucklin really just is not great <laughs> at all. And I like that. I thought it was really interesting. I was surprised that he has I mean not surprised, but that he couldn't pull the yeah, trigger. Exactly. I, I was like, oh and and Vanessa Vanessa points it out too. She was like, oh, there is hope for you yet. And I was like, are we getting a Rucklin redemption story here? Too? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, let's do yeah. it. Let's rally them all out of here. <laughs> be like Draco, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he is kind of like Space Draco. Yeah, he is Space Draco. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like any time – I don't know. I think that there was a little bit of worry in me because we hadn't seen her in so long that like she was getting more and more into the center of the first order and clearly she has i mean she literally rejects her name tam Mm -hmm. but i was worried that we were gonna see kind of villain tam and i was not ready for that and i'm happy to see any sense of conflict and you talked about this in the beginning but the fact that she took the initiative to go talk to tora's mom when she had this inkling that there was something familiar there it's like this yearning for the familiar in a world where everything is really unfamiliar and she she couldn't answer the question about why she was still there when they were fighting for like i forgot the exact question but about like whether or not she believes that they're like making her dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. I think Vanessa asked, "What, like, what is your dream here then?" And because Taurus or Tam said, "They're the first order is giving me everything that I wanted," and Vanessa was like, "Okay, well, like, what is that?" <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> Tam couldn't answer. Yeah, I mean, after after we saw her in the like Tie Fighter 
um, situation a couple episodes back and then she wasn't really rewarded for, you know, helping a friend or anything. Yeah. You know, she isn't she isn't getting what she wants at all. It's not like she's like the squad leader at all or elevated or anything like that. Mm hmm. Yeah. It makes me – I just – I can't wait for Tam and Kaz to come back into contact because that is just – that's going to be explosive because it's one thing to have this, you know, kind of questioning with Vanessa, but Vanessa wasn't the reason that Tora or that Tam left. It was because of Kaz and Yeager. And Vanessa talks about Yeager a little bit, and we talked about that in the last section too, about kind of owning up to – like we all have mistakes we have to live with. But Kaz is the one who also really hurt her too, and that's the one who she has actively shut out from the first episode. So once they do kind of get to talk again, I think that's going to be so angsty. I really hope it is <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and I'm just – I'm really looking forward to that conversation. I hope that we're not going into another patch of no Tam in the episodes. Like like we hopscotch her story basically because I – her story is so interesting and I hope that she gets enough time to really go through this transformation where she is indoctrinated into the First Order, starts to have more doubts, then is looking for a way out, makes resolution with Kaz and Yeager, does escape and go back to the First Order, whatever it is. I just hope that that story is given a lot of time, which we haven't really gotten so much of in this season because it is such a good story. And the having her even join the first order at the end of season one, I think is one of the boldest things. And I was so happy they did that. So I just I hope we get enough time to really enjoy the the aftermath of that choice. And um I just want more of it basically. Same. Same. I hope the next episode she's included as well. I'm so happy she's back. We missed yeah. her. And yeah. like it really just brings focus to the entire conflict of the series. And I don't know. I think that it, with the we've talked about this, but with the poster having one side be Kaz and the other side be Tam, it's like I thought this was going to be like the main conflict, and I think it is the main conflict. But I guess they can't give away the cards too early. Like I do think the next time we see Tam will probably be another one of those conflict moments where she's clearly not getting what she wants because in this moment after this episode is over, when she was free of those shackles and was kind of like. Uh, maybe I should go. Maybe I shouldn't. Like, you know, that woman gave me a lot to think about. Mm -hmm. There will be an example, I think, that uh, shows Tam like firsthand that they're really not helping her at all and that she's just a tool. But hopefully that won't be at a point where it's too late. But I think that they'll kind of have the story go really far deep until the best possible or like the worst possible moment really for Tam and the best possible moment for her to turn her back and come back to the Colossus. Yeah, I really hope so. I hope it's not just like a, you know, like four episodes throughout the whole season are devoted to this storyline. I hope yeah. it's I hope it's more because I really I really enjoy it. And I think Tam is just she's so great. And I I love her character and I need more of it in the episodes. Me too. So that's really what I want. We have a little bit of Kaz time in this episode. I really liked Kaz in this episode because I feel like for the most part, he was kind of serious in what he was doing. In the beginning when he's, you know, when they are in that action sequence, he was pretty calm and collected. When he 
talks to Torah about her mother. He's like very straightforward. And I don't know, he just he wasn't super goofy in this episode. And it was really nice to see kind of that more mature side of him. He does have some moments of levity, like when he is asking Giger why he didn't know that Torah's mom was in the resistance. But for the most part, he like, for lack of a better term, like kind of acts his age. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, it was really nice. And I I loved the moment between Kaz and Tora when she thinks she's going to go after her mom. And Kaz is like, I'll come with you. Like, I wouldn't let anyone stand between me helping my family. I totally get it. And I'm, whatever you need, I'll do it. Oh, so nice. I hope that comes back around with whenever Kaz reunites with his family, which is definitely a dangling thread that I need to be resolved. <laughs> Yeah, so many threads in this season. There's a lot of threads. When are we going to tie these up? (laughs) We have a lot more episodes to go. I think there's that, like, we need to caveat that where, you know, we have a lot of weeks left in the year. And I think there's like 26 total episodes. That's a lot of time. Yeah. So we are still in episodes in, though. Yeah, I agree. Don't get me wrong. Everything I said, I stand by. But we are, we do have a lot more to go. Yeah, we still are in the front half of the season. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, there are so many good threads that have just been that are flowing in the wind right now. (laughs) Truly. I just want them tied up or like us to start braiding them together. I don't know. That's the metaphor. (laughs) That's the metaphor. metaphor. Everyone was like, everyone has been like, what's the pasta metaphor this year? And it's like, I don't know, man. It's not really there. Yeah, it's not really there. But you know what's the metaphor? Braided hair. Thread, braided thread, <laughs> braided thread. Maybe like friendship French bracelets, braid. friendship bracelets, <laughs> something like that. We are taking all these different pieces that are Ugh. super interesting and super cool, and like braiding them together into this one friendship bracelet. And our friendship bracelet is just not f- finished yet. We are not even <laughs> adding beads yet. <laughs> I, I was never skilled enough to add beads to my like embroidery floss friendship bracelets. <laughs> I never did like crazy. Uh, like designs and stuff in them. I was just. I have like, this like deep yearning lately to make more friendship bracelets. People have been talking about them. Yeah, I know they're like back in style. And like, I wouldn't <laughs> say style. I would just say people are doing them. <laughs> yeah, with like fun little sayings. I don't know. It's so fun. Well, check out our Instagram because Charlotte's going to be making like a Star Wars friendship, friendship bracelet. bracelet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode was so good. I don't really have that much else to say. I Torch was iconic. You know, Resistance does does droids so well. Like, yeah. so well. I love CB, BB-8. Also, kind of miss BB-8. I had a thought the other day. I was like, man, I miss animated BB-8. That was so fun. He's so and it makes me... Ex- yes, it makes me excited to see him again in The Rise of Skywalker because he steals the show. And then we're going to have Dio. So, like... You know, we're living in a really good time of fun droids. droids. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Are we not? No, we are. We are. I, yeah, I loved the beginning of the episode. It really made me think that, like, Kaz and CB have, like, a new understanding together, which is really cute. And I love their relationship. We'll never get over the fact that we have, like, a pink BB, pink and teal BB unit. It's just, it's amazing. And Torch was just... Torch is great. I hope that's not the last we see of him. <laughs> totally. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to say about this episode of Resistance? No, but it was definitely one of my favorites of the season, maybe right up there with the uh, 
season opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really good episode. We had a really good time with it. Um, I think that is going to wrap up this week's episode. We will be back to cover the next episode of Resistance. Everything will probably be a little delayed next week with the holiday, but you all probably saw that coming. <laughs> so uh, just know we will be covering both the Mandalore and Resist- Mandalorian and the Resist- and Resistance. Uh, we just don't know when that will come out, but it will be coming yeah. out. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can head on over to our Twitter. The podcast is at Skytalkers Pod. Our personal handles are at Kaelin Plusher and at Clarity. Right now, we're kind of thinking we'll probably dip out of Twitter right around the first of the month of December for spoiler reasons, but I don't know. I don't know. We're still we'll going to be, be watching the shows, though. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But and we might creating not. content. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But we might not be as active on social media at that point. But until then, you can follow us there. And if you want to leave a review for us on iTunes, it really helps other people find our show and we would love it a whole lot. You can also head on over to our Patreon if you want to find out more ways to support us. Yes, absolutely. And I want to say a huge thank you to our amazing patrons, Joey, Jason, Fiorella, Marty, Spencer, Kathy Gee, Jenna, Jessica, Mike, Thomas, Bridget, Shelbo, James, Kate, Nathan, Sam, Bailey, Eric, Kelly, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Swara, Bradley, Garrett, Debo, Irina, Edith, Jacqueline, Rachel, Lady Vader, John, Kevin, Ian, Raz, Lakshana, Candice, Ewan, Tom, Daniel, Heather, Brooklyn, Kimma, Julia, Matthew, Captain Britain, Jackson, Carrie, Jackson, Raphael, David, Ada, Liz, Christian, Nicole, Jonathan, Rachel, Aaron, Brooke, Rebecca, Kathy, Ira Bell, Kimberly, Vundacast Productions, Christian, Adam, Megan, Courtney, Santara, Thomas, John, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpararu, Patrick, James, Hammy, Neil, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kells, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Alyssa, Rebecca, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Molly, Amy, Jared, Claire, Brad, Caitlin, Rebecca, Helly, Scott, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Kirsty, The Clashing Sabres Podcast, and Chuck. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.